are you you know i try to be you know what i'm saying i'm trying to be you know business oriented and shit you i know? love it thank you for inviting <laughs> me to 17 oh my god i'm so happy that you're here <laughs> you're like my first official like guest on the show yes do that <laughs> yes ma'am and i can't be like i couldn't be any more excited that you would even want to be on the show so Absolutely. i really Yes, I wouldn't be nowhere else. I love it. I'm, I'm excited it. to be a part. So let me just let the listeners and the folks who, you know, tune in, let them know who hey, you are. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this sis right here has been in my life for well over a decade. We might yes, be approaching two at this point, right? Close. Yeah. Almost like 15 Golly, I think we met in the early 2000s. Um, I want to say it was like 03. Jeez. So we are approaching almost two decades of friendship. Absolutely. What's so special about this sis right here is that she was next to me when we was doing church work. Yes, ma'am. In the trenches. (laughs) <laughs> like church work and I know there's some folks out there like seven in the church, church like, work? <laughs> <laughs> but I was in it in it some conversation let me see if you remember this so I don't know what it was I don't know who I was dating but there was some person that I was trying to date and we ended up not making it and I called you on the phone and was crying because I was just like, I just want to be married. I just want to <laughs> be married. I just I want. We have all had those moments. Yes, my husband. And you were like, girl, like we are young. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You chill out and relax. <laughs> and oh, I really appreciated her. I mean, she's the most brave. Most oh. courageous, oh. strong, most fearless. One of the most fearless women I know, hands down. And I think that other people who know this beautiful sister would say the same thing. So I appreciate that so much. That this is this is Sasha. This is Sasha. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So welcome to the show. So this is what I'm gonna do. Yes. I'm going to do this real quick because I want the folks to know who you are a little bit more than what I was able to say. Sure. So I have these <laughs> that I plan on. And that's just her. She's being a mom. So that's that's her kids. In I'm the back. so sorry. That's my you son, Micah. I apologize. <laughs> real life. <laughs> yes. So I, I always wanted to ask a set of questions to all the folks who were on my show. And I've just never had anybody. You're my first person. So I'm going to ask you these questions. I'm going to hit my Tiffany head. Is she ready? I'm ready. I get to know you a little bit more. Okay. So the first question's a little fun. If you were a beverage, what beverage would you be? Mm, 
I had to give you the mouth pop on that. Yes. I don't know. Uh, so I always had a candy, but I never had a beverage. Um, well, my favorite alcoholic beverage, even though I don't drink like that anymore, is an amaretto sour. Mm. And so I would say if I had to be a beverage, I would be that, right? So amaretto sour, you get you get a little bit of that yak. A little bit of that whiskey, right? <laughs> to calm you down, but then you get a little pop of that sour in the back of your throat. Like, oh, this is for real right here. Like, okay, but it go down smooth though. So that's that's the beauty of it. It's, you hit that sour, but it go down smooth. So yes. I, I say I'm I'm ready sour. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> what's one thing on your bucket list you are close to doing? Oh. One thing on my bucket list, well, right now, um, one of the things on my bucket list is I wanted to get a master's and I also wanted to be an author. And so I um, always wanted a master's degree and I'm very super close to getting a master's in military studies. Okay. And then um, by the end of the year, I plan on having my children's devotional completed and submitted to become an author. So. Those are two things on my bucket list. That's beautiful. Yes, ma'am. Yes, that's beautiful. Please yep. let me know so that we can go ahead and I can promote it up here so people can absolutely. And so that's the thing about it. It's a um it's a messianic Israelite um children's devotional. So people be like, mess a who what what? Um <laughs> It's a good time to talk about it. What is that? Break that down. Yeah, absolutely. So um, people are familiar with Hebrew Israelites, right? Yeah. Um, but actually, I think that Hebrew Israelite is such a misnomer because um, a Hebrew Israelite, everybody wasn't a Hebrew. By the time, I mean, they're all descendants of Eber, which is where they get the name Hebrew from. Mm-hmm. Um, but your land that you were born in determines what what people you are right Mm -hmm. um and so once they move into the land of israel whether it be when they left egypt or when they were there the first time before they went down to egypt due to famine Mm -hmm. um they would just be israelites they weren't hebrew israelites and so a messianic israelite are those who believe that jesus known as in his hebrew name as yeshua because J does not exist in Hebrew language, right? Um, that Jesus actually was the Messiah that was promised. Um, and there's two Messiahs that were promised. There's uh, the Messiah, uh, uh, son of Joseph, and there's the, the Messiah, son of David. Joseph is the suffering servant, right? And uh, the son of David is the the king the kingship head so when they believe they believe that when he returns for the second time he'll come to reign as the son of david as king and so those who believe in messiah and also practice the israelite ways which is worshiping on saturdays which is keeping what are known as jewish jewish so it's something kind of like a jew right ish <laughs> yeah when you whenever you put an ish on something that means it's, it's not really what you're thinking that it right. is right okay so, <laughs> um, known as Jewish holidays, but they're actually the appointed times and feasts that are annotated in the Bible. Um, and it, the Bible, when it talks about this feast, uses words like forever, mm-hmm. perpetual, mm-hmm. everlasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just going to ask you a quick, you know, back and forth question. Yeah. Does forever mean that it ever ends? 
I feel like Andre <laughs> the 3000 taught us that forever, ever is forever, ever, forever, ever, okay, forever, okay. ever. So, so I'm thinking that's, that's, that's going that's on, on and on and on. Right. And it's a, it's surprising that in Christendom, when people read and Yeshua went to attend the feast and mm-hmm. during the feast of Hanukkah and during, you know, yes. Pes- Peshiach, during Passover, Yeshua yeah. did blah, blah, blah. He was keeping the feast. So I don't understand how people come to the place that they're like, oh, well, Yeshua did away with all of the commandments and he did away with all of the feasts and everything that they used to do back then is what they used to do back then. Well, that's actually not true because when the word says perpetual forever, everlasting, Mm -hmm. those are things that are intended to continue to go on regardless. So um, I think that that's the part that I've, and again, this is the part that I love about you because you and I, were like I said, we did church work together. Bumpus. I mean, we was in the street, <laughs> blockheads. You know what I'm right. saying? We like our king, yes. Like yeah. going so hard, and both of us got to a point where the the religion that we were brought up in and that we were going so hard for, we ended up kind of changing paths on that. And the way that you described this Israelite situation has very, very stable facts and it's very authentic and genuine. However, when you present it to folks, they seem to like shut it down immediately. Like Jesus was never a Jew, to be honest with you. (laughs) Jesus never celebrated these beautiful traditions that you're speaking on. And I have been in the same boat, even though I do not follow uh, the Israelite uh, I'm, is it a religion yeah. no and that's the other thing it's a culture that's who we are as a people that's and so the other, the other thing um, some somebody put it to me like this on social media one day um, if you got a French bulldog a British mm. what is it a French British bulldog a French poodle or a yeah. British bulldog born yeah. born in in Brazil right does it become a Brazilian bulldog or is it still no. a, is it no. still a, a, a British bulldog or a French it's poodle? British. Right. And so that's that's how it is with us. We are still Israelites, regardless if we acknowledge it or not. All of the things that we've been taught about the African diaspora is actually yeah. the Israelite diaspora. The reason, you know, I know everybody's been raving about the teacher who did the gold door and it says, you know, they did not capture slaves from Africa. They captured engineers and scientists right. yes, and, yes, you yes. know, all of these people. And shout out yes, to that yes. teacher. Um, I'm pumping the black fist. You don't see me, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Believe me when I say it. Um, the reason... <laughs> they took those engineers and scientists and teachers and all of those people, those were Israelites. They were the only ones who were clothed, living in communities, but they were a nomadic people because every time that their land got taken over or captured by the Assyrians, by the Babylonians, by the Greeks, by the Romans, mm-hmm. they would disperse. And they would disperse and they would disperse. First, they went across North Africa and then they went into Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, newsflash, I'm about to drop y'all black history, Jew. So so listen up. I hope y'all listen to close. This moment in black history. By yes. 1492. The reason why Columbus saw the ocean blue is because all of the Jews were getting kicked out of Spain and Portugal. 
hold on, my son is about to come up here with a noisemaker. Take it downstairs. <laughs> Thank you. Take that somewhere, please. Um, I'm so sorry because that was gonna be like a little percussion session. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, the reason Columbus uh, left Spain was not just to find the new world. He mm-hmm. actually ended up getting Jewish investors to fund a campaign to go find gold in the new world to build the third temple. You can Google it. His name was Cristobal Colon, not Christopher Columbus, as we've been taught. And um, he was a Jew. And he signed some of his personal letters with Jewish letters at the top that that it's kind of like inshallah in islam it means like you know if god be willing and he would sign his name and put those letters there to say in hebrew like god willing in every in every um in every instance and so i'm not by all means saying that cristobal cologne was black what i am saying was that he practiced the jewish jewish faith Mm-hmm. Um, so the Europeanized version of Judaism, and that was what he was looking for. He was looking for gold to buy uh, to to come back and build the third temple. That's and, really interesting, man. Well, that's I, something that they don't teach you. Go yeah, no, that. there's a lot that yeah. they don't teach us. There's a lot. <laughs> right, there's a whole history that is just kind of like there's we shouldn't a, have to be looking for stuff like this on our own. A library of Congress full of books of what they don't teach us, right? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, for I mean, any person who is of color and is not of the majority here in America, like I really don't understand why we have to be an elective, why we have to go and find our own stuff. Like, this should be common knowledge because all of us are Americans, but that's neither here nor there. Right. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here no, to talk right. about you. I know. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. Get on that soapbox. Right. I'm not going right. to do it. Right. But, so, what, wait, before we get off the soapbox, one last sure. thing off the soapbox. Sure. Um, when Lewis and Clark did their expedition, they had a slave with them. The reason they took the slave with them is mm-hmm. because he spoke Hebrew and most of the Native American language are based on Hebrew and so he was able to communicate with them when the Europeans could not. Google it. Black man with Lewis and Clark. Uh, I tell you. Yeah. And that completes this moment in black yes. history. Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> um, let me get back to these questions because yes, we still got a lot to cover. So Absolutely. let's get back to, well, actually, I, you probably, I probably I, let me not assume. Let me just ask the question. Yes, ma'am. Which celebrity do you relate to that people who know you would be surprised that you relate to? That I relate to. Uh, that, you, that you relate to. Um, I, oh, oh. Uh, that's that's a hard one. So I, I mean, I ha- I'm having a reaction, a guttural reaction that's immediately come to mind, and I would say like Cardi B. I posted a post the other day, like confession. I love Cardi B. As wretched as she is. Uh, and the reason why I identify with Cardi B is because I'm from North Philadelphia, two one fifth stand up. Okay, um, all right. Home of Joe Sky, home of the roots. Okay, and, okay. Uh, yes, I, those are legends. Mm-hmm. I, I I know a lot of stripper broads who went into the life trying to come up and it's still in the life and to come up yeah. never came. And so I appreciate that um 
the come up came for her. I don't know at yeah. what cost that the come up came, but the, that the come up came for her. Um, and I appreciate even with all her uh, urban colloquialisms that she has something of importance to say, yes. but because she got an accent or because she cussing um, as she delivers the message, people underestimate her intellect. But the reality yes. is, is the intellect is still there, ratchet or not, you know? Yes. Uh, I, I, enjoy, about her. I enjoy Cardi B because she's, it's a nice range of black people and black women that we have like we have the michelle obama to the cardi b's and all of it is very very genuine and all of it is something that i have grown up seeing myself so i've seen uh black women who i know could grow up to be michelle obama easily and i know black girls (laughs) or cardi b easily you know what i'm saying and i enjoy that all of that is in the media and all of them have something to say so i'm with you i'm on the board i'm I am definitely team Cardi B. I like you know, her. Nobody so. would be surprised if I be like, I love Michelle Obama because that's a given. I love L-O-V-D. I mean, right. <laughs> Float is forever. But oh, whatever. Yeah. No, forever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Next question. If you were given a chance to explore the oceans, oh, go to outer space, or visit 50 countries, which one would you choose? Ooh, uh, so the ocean is really not my thing. I'm a Leo okay. and a summer okay. baby, um, okay. so I'm really not into water like that. I almost okay. drank in Spain, but so I don't really do the water right. Okay. Outer space, I'm tempted to say just because I'm loving Star Trek Discovery right now with a black okay. lady, and I love that her name is Saniqua. Okay, um, <laughs> and the boldly go where no man has gone before. Yeah, it's quite okay, clear. but I feel like I would choose to go to fifty different countries. When you say states, you mean states, United States, or like state, like no, fifty different states. countries, whatever okay, yeah. countries, fifty countries. different countries. Because I have yeah. my list, I have my list already. So yes, I would go to fifty different countries. Yes. Um, because life is about experiences. You know yes. what I mean? You spend all of this money going to the club, going to get turned, buying Gucci, who gives two shits about us. Oh. Um, but you could be using that same money to go to Egypt, go to Morocco, go to Asia, go, you know what I mean? You could yeah. go see the world and all that God has made it into, and then you be like, had those experiences for a lifetime. They never go old. They never get eaten by moths. They never rust, you know? Yes. I'm with, yes, all of that. That'd be my choice. Next question. We only have three more to go. Okay. If you were in a bad mood, Mm. what would your clone do to cheer you up? Um, My clone would find a Power 99 a noon mixtape. Okay. Where they okay. go for a house mix for a good 60 minutes strong. And get the, time mixtape. Just whacking and, and uh, dancing in the middle of the kitchen floor, you know, like they would break out to a, a dance party on, on Grey's Anatomy. She would just yes. break out into a dance. And between the beat and the movement, I just wouldn't be able to stay mad. I just would have to get up and, you know. Shake that girl, yes. make that yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. do it, do it. That was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> that would, that would, that would be what my clone would do to make me happy. 
what's one major thing you had to unlearn? Ooh, ooh. I am so glad that you asked me that. And, and, and you asked for one thing, but I feel like it's all tied together. Okay. Um, the thing that I would have to unlearn is who I am not. Mm. Um, so from education to beauty standards to relationship with the higher power to um, who we are as a feminine species, who we are as a nationality, because um, there's no such thing as race, right? There's only one race, that's human. Um, but people form nation states and they are they have a culture that is associated with that. So the one thing yeah. that I have to unlearn is who I am not. I mean, all of these labels have have been applied to us and then there's all of these sub labels that are then applied to that yeah um you know whether the label is american so um for those that don't know i'm a 20-year veteran yes Um, thank you for your service love no problem yes absolutely my pleasure and I'm really into genealogy. And so one of the things that I've been doing is doing my family tree. And I mm-hmm. found out that I had two ancestors that served in the U.S. colored troops during the Civil War. That's wow. 176 years from them to me that wow. my family has served this country. That's wow. 10 different people to include myself back to those two ancestors yeah. that have given their lives to serve this country and so you know when the make america great crowd talks about patriotism i know i know (laughs) i just i can't even fix my face but the scoff like how dare you look in my direction and claim that i'm unpatriotic that i'm other than american yeah like i'm an israelite on 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 american soil but please believe that this soil was soaked in my ancestors blood sweat and tears and it wasn't always through slavery and as a matter of fact there's only one line that i can prove slavery on there's only one line that i can prove slavery on every other line i have not found slaves yet yeah i have not found slaves yet which like is mind-blowing yeah (laughs) it's mind-blowing the native americans that i come from the reason why that doesn't register when you take like the dna test through ancestry or 23 and me or whatever is because those tribes were forced to identify as negro during the 1900 census and then or they were killed off so like the Powhatans, which we know Pocahontas yes. is, you know, indicative of this 757. The, all of those people were killed. All of those people were killed. So, of course, you're not going to be able to test my DNA and find right. Powhatan blood is because there's no population. There's no acknowledged population to go and test right, right. now. Right. Um, and anybody that is left was forced to then identify later as Negro. So, of course, it's not going to register in the same way. Um, So, it's just interesting. I I have to unlearn, and I think we all have to unlearn what we are not. Just because I'm a Black woman doesn't make me aggressive. Just because I'm, um, you know, doesn't make me a bitch. It doesn't make me less than... um, Sometimes I'm a bitch, but it's not because I'm a black sister. Right, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes the situation just calls for bitchness, you know, and you got to pull it out and you finally 
put it back in your purse yes, and go yes. on about your business. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> that was beautiful. I agree. I agree. And I think a lot of uh, awakening is happening within the collective consciousness of wanting absolutely. to know who they are. Like, yeah. I want to know who I am because these, I'll say this and then I'll ask this last question and we can really get into some conversation. But okay. when my uh, husband got Hulu for the first time, and he mm-hmm. was able to like get rid of commercials and we didn't have cable while we had with Hulu. We we did nice. that for like, I'm going to say like a year and a half, almost two years. And then we got cable because it was like $10 extra. I'm like, might as well. Then, you know, we have Wi-Fi. Let's just throw it right. on there. Let's see how it is. And how absurd the commercials sounded. It was like, you really think <laughs> that this, this nigga right here, this goofy looking ass motherfucker is going to get all these women and his wife is going to love him. And all this because he got a car? Because he got a car. Right. Like, it was right. ridiculous. Like, have you ever been in the middle of the night moving your legs? It's like, what? Why would you even ask me that fucking question? It was so absurd. And that's for me what woke up for me. Like, I have been bombarded with all of just the ads. We don't even have to talk about what people have said about you, what your mama said, the voices that are right. going on in your head. We don't even have to go that deep. We could just stop at the superficial right. level of like, yo, these commercials are really trying to like brainwash us and hypnotize us into buying shit that's not going to make us happy or solve the real deep issues that we got going on. Yet it keeps telling us it will. So now we on Amazon talking about let's buy this and then you get it and it gives you a high for 30 minutes and then you, you, you're back to being depressed. Right. And you know what's funny? Um, I, and I'm going um, to I'm gonna throw a firebomb into the middle of this conversation. Um, so the Jesse Smollett <sighs> situation chip thing going on. Um, when I saw the picture of the two brothers that they uh, are accused of doing mm-hmm. the attack I immediately went to so y'all go find the biggest blackest scariest looking niggas mm-hmm. y'all could find because black skin and black masculinity are still criminalized and it automatically associates you with feeling guilty but then as I learned that Jesse Smollett paid those people potentially to attack him I'm using air quotes y'all can't see me but trust Mm -hmm. me I am um that goes to show you how much we are brainwashed because he chose people who fit the description of what would cause fear in white America and see that's where it would be a firebomb because I don't believe the reports that are coming out saying that he paid I don't don't? the reason why I don't is the same reason why I won't automatically throw some, um, what you call it, woman in the trash who said that this man like raped her. No, absolutely. I was, I was, I was outraged. I know, I know. But the reason why I felt that way is because I don't, I will always believe my black man, period, before I go into all these media outlets. That's just the way I feel. Now, other people may feel differently. Other people may feel like yourself, where it's like, it's potential that he might have, like, paid these people off. I don't, I will not believe it until I hear it from him. Like, yep, I did that. Like, 
I'm just not going to do it because I don't believe the media when it comes to a black man saying that he was attacked. I don't. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that hesitation. And I think the frustration for me is because we know of his sexual preference that they turn it automatically into an LGBTQ issue. And let's set that, let's set that label aside. Okay. Right. A black man was attacked. Now come a a black man was attacked in a way where he initially stated that he was attacked by people wearing MAGA hats who beat him and put a noose around his neck to find out that it was two Nigerian brothers that did it. Like that just doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's that. I think that the police went and found those suspects. I don't feel like it was Jesse that was just like, yep, it was those two brothers right there who who messed me up. Like there's so many holes in this story. It, it doesn't really it make sense to me at it's all. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm it's just like, much. I will, but, because there's so many holes, I'm going to stay on the side of the black man just because media likes to make him out to be something that he's not all the time. So until then, that's where I'm at. I guess I would, what I'm saying is this case, in its totality, yeah. where wherever fact and fiction lie or mix yeah. together, um, stirs a whole bunch of pots of assumptions. Stirs a whole bunch, a bunch of pots of fear, of angst, of anxiety, which makes for it interesting. I agree. Study. I agree. It's a it's a good. You know I, mean? I won't say litmus test, but it's a. It. I agree. The case study is a beautiful word. Yeah. I think that you're right on that yeah. completely. Yeah. All right. So, last Absolutely. question: What's yes, the title of the current chapter of your life? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, something sort of kind of like lost in translation. Uh, uh, chaos and confusion. I I don't. I am at such a weird place in life. Okay. Okay. I am at such a weird place in life. And the reason that it's weird, and, and you and I kind of talked yeah. about this before, um, but I'm at a place in life. So for those in the audience, I'm recently widowed. Um, my husband died in May. And I have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a, and a 15-year-old stepdaughter. And so... Um, and I'm, I'm not at work right now. I'm in, I'm in school full time. My job is paying me to be in school full time. So here's this thing where I wanted to go to school and my husband and I had talked about the decision for me to go to school, but I was coming to get my master's, you know, hoping to be that straight A Dean's list student, knowing that I had the love and support of my husband to keep an eye yeah. on the kids so I could keep my nose in the books for a year and it was only a year so it wasn't that big of a sacrifice you know to our family writ large and I could get these papers with my name on it and it right. was awesome nice plan but but now I'm doing it as a widowed single mother with two kids fighting um, what I realized was grief induced mm. depression and um, it's only by the grace of Yah that I've been able to keep an A. It ain't an A plus, honey. It's an A minus. Average. It's an A, girl. It's an A. Uh, uh, 
but I, I know, but you know, hashtag black excellence always. Like I'm I was I was aiming for the mark and I and I just do not I do not possess the capacity to keep it all balanced, keep it right. all juggled. I just don't. I mean, I got two papers due now and that I had to ask for an extension for one that was due on Friday. Like I can't even I, leave that door alone. Go downstairs. I can't even I don't have the 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 space in my head to think about whatever this paper is right now. And so um and my teacher understands where I am and what I'm going through and he thinks I'm a rock star and I'm like, yes, just keep on thinking I'm a rock star. Awesome. Cause I'm gonna need that all the way to June until I walk across the stage. <laughs> um and so my life is just in this very weird in-between place. It's in between because um, you know, I, I was married by the time I was 31 and I'm, uh, I'll be 39 this year. Um, I thought I had set my life on a course yeah. and trajectory and my life is no longer on that course yeah. and trajectory. So it's grieving all that I thought we were going to do together that we'll never get a chance to accomplish but then also kind of having this breath of fresh air at the same time saying, hey, all of the kinks in the road that my husband and I were building together, I get to kind of iron those places out. I get to kind of go back and dig up the road and relay uh, the concrete sorry, and, in and relay out. the foundation. Oh, I'm so sorry. I get to go back and um, dig up that road and relay the concrete and relay the bricks and straighten out the foundation yeah. in a way that most people don't get a chance to read. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't want to take the second chance lightly. And I also don't want to dismiss the time and the seed that was invested then. And so it's finding a way for those two things to coexist which puts me in a very weird space. And because I have two small kids under the age of 10 and I'm trying to get a yeah. master's degree, I don't really have the, the the time to think about it, to process it, to get that heart space yeah. dedicated towards figuring it out that I really need to be able to do. I agree in the sense of this, like um, you've been listening to the podcast, so you know that I just found a yeah. uh, black therapist who I call Sister Circle. And... Yes. In one of our sessions, I was trying to explain to her that my emotions seem to lag and it really irritates the shit out of me. You know what I mean? And if it will happen right. and then I'll feel the sadness, but it'll go away or I won't feel the sadness at all until like 10 hours later. And then I'm like overwhelmed with sadness. And I'm like, well, I could have dealt with it 10 hours ago or anger. I could have dealt with that 10 hours ago. Like, that's just the way it goes. And so she was like, you know, when it comes to black women specifically, like it's a, we see being depressed as a luxury because we can't sit down. (laughs) That's the white women shit. I'm sorry, my white sisters. I love y'all, but y'all got the freedom to do those things. I just don't have. So it goes back to what you were saying. Cause I remember when I had to move out of my house while, you know, I was going through my middle passage experience, uh, I had had to uh, move out and I moved in with a a Caucasian sister and she 
was telling me like how she was staying on this couch for six months and how her friends would come over and bring her like food and she would like close the windows because she didn't want to see the sun and all this other stuff. And I was like, that must be nice. I, I can't. I got to go to work. <laughs> like I can't. I don't have the time work, to leave. be depressed. And that's not to say that, you right. know, us black sisters, we don't, we're not depressed. There's some of us who absolutely cannot get out of that bed to do anything and it's that is real and that is a valid feeling but a lot of the sisters that I have talked to are on the same wavelength as you like I have things to do I still have this master's to get I still have these kids to raise and I can't deal with the deep abyss of grief that is just sitting there waiting for me because I lost my husband right and uh so (laughs) <laughs> your your commentary made me think of an analogy which is the I would say probably two thirds of black women are walking around with walking yes. pneumonia and I'm not I don't mean literal pneumonia right but I'm talking about yeah, a figurative a pneumonia body. meaning like there is something that is awry amiss mentally emotionally spiritually that we just have to keep walking we have to keep walking through our lives with and we don't have the luxury of having full-blown pneumonia where we get time in the hospital (laughs) to recover we get medicine you know everybody comes running yeah and no nobody nobody knows walking pneumonia oh you got a little cough you'll be all right just drink some orange juice take real like for real yeah eat a saltine cake drink some ginger ale (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shake it off nigga shake it off like, you know when the pat on the butt like that's it it's real though yeah. so let's go back to a part where you were talking about you know you feel like you've been having this um grief induced depression I have been running into a lot of folks which is why I've been so excited to have you on my my show on my podcast because I've been running Absolutely. into so many people who are trying to deal with grief and it's mm. just not been working out for them. And I think us as African-Americans, which I'm sure you're probably not happy I'm using that label, but yes. Not, I, I, okay, I get, okay. you I get, get what I'm trying I to say. I, I right. think that a lot of us are grieving in a way that we don't really fully understand what that is. Like, how do you grieve? People don't know how to do it I, at all. And I feel like, I know you haven't mastered it, which is why, um, I, again, I wanted you on the show. I, of course, I could have read a book on grieving and did an episode on it. But like, it's like somebody who's put a man on, on the moon because he's been right. doing math his whole life. And then you go to him and you're like, hey, can you teach me algebra? It's like he doesn't remember what, he, what it felt like to not know things. You know what I'm saying? When somebody's actually doing the work and going through it, that's the person that you really need to talk to. And you're doing the work and you're actually going through it. How are you grieving? You lost your husband. How are you grieving? So let me, let me, let me back, let me back my story up two ticks. Um, I not, 
so so I I labeled last year the Job experience um for myself and those who are not familiar with the Bible, Job um the the story of Job goes something to the like of he loses his children, his house catches on fire, all his kids were in it because he would normally have Saturday dinner, Shabbat dinner mm-hmm. at his house. Um, all his all his all his kids die. Then his wife dies. Then he loses all of his stuff and he's sitting trying to figure out what just happened to his life and then these friends, quote unquote, friends come and then they just shit on him for like several books telling him all of the things that he must have done bad. He's like, no, really, I didn't do anything. Like, no. Um, And they realized that it was actually a challenge um, where Satan came into the throne room of Yah and said eh, if you took your hedge of protection away from job he would probably end up cursing your name it's just because you bless him that's the reason he's right. such a shining right. example um and the story ends where everything that was taken from him was restored no he didn't get his old kids risen right. from the dead but he got new kids and a new wife and new fortune and he was able to uh be happy again and so um last year Last May, um, last year, this time last year, my grandma had been placed um, on on um, uh, respite care. They didn't know how much longer she would live. She was ninety four years old, and she ended up dying two weeks before her ninety fifth birthday. And I went from Virginia to Philadelphia to go see mm-hmm. my grandma. Um, I caught the train up on a Thursday night. And um, I sat with her all night and um, I might have went and took like a two hour nap and something said, get up. And I got up and I went in the room and I was holding my grandma's hand and I was with her as she took her last breath at six o'clock in the morning that Friday. That Monday was Memorial Day. And that Sunday night, I had called, I talked to my husband. My husband liked to drink. He liked to tie one on a little bit too heavy for uh-huh. my preference. Um, and I knew he had been drinking, but I'm like, oh, they're not going anywhere. It's just him and the kids in the house. Right. It's fine. I talked to him. I said, hey, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I love you. Love you too. Hung mm-hmm. up the phone. Memorial Day comes. Call in my house. Eight o'clock. Nobody answered. Oh, they might be still asleep. Nine o'clock. Nobody answered. Okay, that's weird. 10 o'clock, I call. Nobody answered. So I go and I start helping my mom to pack up my grandma's things. And I realize at this point, it's like noon. And I haven't gotten anybody from my house on the phone. But my it's just my husband's cell phone. So I call and my youngest son, who's three at the time, answers the phone. And he hangs up on me. So then I call back on FaceTime. And my oldest son answers the phone. And I'm talking to him, and I, where have y'all been? Have y'all eaten? What's going on? And he's like, well, daddy's on the couch. We kind of ate snacks or whatever. And I'm like, well, where's your dad? Let right. me see him. And my son goes, daddy, I don't think he's breathing. What in the world? Pa- pa- pause. Wait, right. wait. What? What do you mean? You don't think he's breathing? Like that's a serious right. accusation. And this is my seven-year-old. And my three-year-old at home with my husband. And I have him go over and show me his face on FaceTime. I'm like, smack his face. Go get a cup of water. Throw water on him. And my son is doing everything that I'm asking him to do. And there's no response. And so I'm like, 
okay, I need you to hold on. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to call somebody and I'll call you right back. And I call my girlfriend. She lives around the corner. I'm like, girl, I need you to get to my house ASAP. My son is saying he doesn't think my husband is breathing. And I call my son back and my girlfriend is there within like five minutes. Thank Thank God for friends. Thank God for sister friends. Thank God. Seriously. And um, she gets there and she goes through the motions with him. And she's former army. So she's been through training and she's like, I don't think he's breathing either. And I'm like, call 911. And 30 minutes later, I get the call from the police in my area saying, Mrs. Smith, your husband wow. is gone. I literally was just holding my grandma's hand, my 94-year-old grandma, who is like my favorite person right. on the planet, holding her hand as she took her last breath to buttress that weekend with Monday getting a call from the police saying that my husband, my 42 year old husband is crazy, Sash. When when you talk about Job experiences, um, as far as I'm concerned, those are my two biggest support systems to the left and to the right of me. Soulmates, Um, loves your heart on the outside of your body. Absolutely. My grandma taught me everything <laughs> about being mm. everything. You know what I mean? My my mom always jokes that I'm more like my grandma than I am like her. Um, and and my husband held me down, good, bad, indifferent, like consummate cheerleader. Him and my mom, my consummate cheerleaders. Um, you know, he supported me. You know, pursuing my dreams, trying to make a name for myself in the business that I'm in. So. Um, to have both of those things taken at the same time, that's, that's I, I couldn't reconcile. I couldn't reconcile it. And because, so like, once my husband died, I didn't even have time to process my feelings about my grandma. I still, I still, Marquita, I still don't think I have time to process the loss of my grandma yet like I, I haven't had the time because my husband dying was so monumental yes. and so upending in terms of my right. everyday life that I still really haven't had time to deal with um I haven't had time to deal with my grandma passing um and so you know my husband passing it was stuff like I haven't driven to Philadelphia in eight years wow. I was pissed off the first time I had to drive to Philly by myself just because I hadn't mm. done it in eight years. I hadn't done it. When I lived in Hampton Roads, I would burn that house back, honey. Had my yes. name on it. I was back and forth every month. But um since I've been married and I was married to a Philadelphian, um, he drove home all the time. He drove me back and forth to work every day, you know. He would go to Wawa in the mornings and make my coffee better than the way that I would make it for myself. He would um, bring me, a, you know, I would come home from work and he have a bag of peanut M&Ms in the freezer just the way that I like it. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I got a fat girl on the inside who's trying to come out. And... <laughs> Um, so it was all those things. I didn't want to go to Wawa. I didn't want to drive to Philadelphia. I didn't want to eat M&M's. I, you know, it's all of these things that you don't even account for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah, of course. 
Hold on one second. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Can you go take your tablet into your room, please, and calm down? Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and so it's all these things that you cannot account for that come into play that, you know, kind of digs the nail in that much more, that much more, yeah. that much more. Um, yeah. And so I know I'm kind of talking long, but I'm just saying like, I, because I had to get to the business of burying my husband and then get to the business of trying to ensure that my kids experience minimal changes over the summer, even though a life, a a life altering change had just happened. I never really got to deal with the grief. And then I jumped straight into my master's program and they offered me the opportunity to push it off for a year, but I chose not to because my school day is really only half, half the day, which allowed me time to pick up and drop off my kids and be Mm -hmm. home if I need where me going back to work wouldn't have allowed me the chance to do that. Um, And so I chose to keep going with the master's program, even though I probably shouldn't have, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, And so it wasn't until his birthday, his birthday was um, January 23rd. And I was to pieces, like as of the 22nd, I literally spent two days crying, literally did not want to get out of the bed. I didn't want to do anything. And that was the first chance that I had to grieve almost seven months after the death of what my happened? husband. What and hit I, you? Would you? Did you just wake up and you were like, I can't get up? Or did something actually trigger it? it no, no. So, so, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. It started around thanksgiving now granted we're a messianic israelite so we don't even celebrate any of the holidays but it's just the spirit of the holiday season where it's like family time you know kind of things happening and here i am a single mom with two kids and so and my community really did try to circle me and people invited us places and you know whatever they tried to cover us during that time but it started like i just don't feel like doing shit sorry I like I don't I I don't feel like doing anything even though I was doing things and I was going through the motions the spirit of me I just really wanted to stay in the bed and watch Netflix all day like I didn't want to do anything um and so depression for some people looks like I want to hurt myself or something like that for me that wasn't that wasn't what what I wasn't acknowledging in November and December and the beginning of January was um, my lack of desire to want to really do any specific thing. Um, and so when his birthday came and I fell to pieces, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh thing I'm, I'm still grieving. <laughs> I'm still grieving. Yeah. And the spirit to not want to do anything is not laziness. This is actually depression. Um, oh, shit. You like, it was laziness oh. for a little bit. Right. I thought I was just being lazy. Like, oh, it's the holidays. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm actually going through depression, my nigga. Like, oh, like, oh shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and um what's interesting about it is my husband before he had died, so people are gonna ask, So how did he die? So um my husband had sleep apnea mm-hmm. 
and was and was drunk and the way that he fell asleep cut off his air passageway and he suffocated. Wow. No. Um, but he was dealing with depression in his eyesight. But because I don't process like that, like I'm a kinda okay. I'm going to cry about it today. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get the fuck over it and right. keep going because life keeps yeah. going. Like, nobody waits yeah. for you. They don't care. They'll go, oh, poor baby, pat your head. But they still do with them. They still going on. They still moving yeah. forward. And when you got children to raise, you don't really have um, the freedom to just sit and be upset, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so these are the kinds of things that I would talk to him about often. Like, listen, I understand you're going through something and I understand that I don't understand how to uh-huh. help you. Like, what is it that you need? Do you need, um, is it a new career field that you want? I'll pay for you to go to school to do this or this or whatever, you know, try to do two or three different kind of things, trying to get, get out of his own head. I'm like, do you need to go to counseling? Let's, let's do know. it. Right. Our insurance covers counseling. Like, let's go, you know. And he went to like two sessions and then stopped yeah. going. Um, so when people don't have the internal wherewithal to kind of rouse themselves, there's not really much that you can do right. for them. And I did not have a lot of sympathy for it because I just didn't understand. He wasn't. He wasn't really being overt with it. He was keeping a lot of that bottle in, and then he would just drink drown that thing that was bottled in with liquor you know what I mean and so then the alcoholism became the issue between us vice me being able to support him and getting through depression um and so I just didn't really understand it and so now that I'm in this place of depression it's really funny it's a funny like ironic no I get of course course. um it's ironic that I'm in this place where I'm essentially having to latch on to the advice that I gave him, which was, you need to find a way to get out of this. And the thing for me has been my faith. It really yeah. has. It, my faith has been my saving grace to keep me from going down the sinkhole of drowning in this Job experience because uh, uh, better people have drowned. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, It's not something to play with. And a lot of people, like you mentioned before, and myself to be included, I have told myself, we can't be lazy today. Like, I know you don't want to go to work and I know you don't want to work out and I know you don't want to, and I know you don't want to, but like, we got to. So get over yourself because people have had worse things and they've done better or Right. We're not going to kill ourselves today. We're not going to do that. We're not going to even entertain those right. thoughts. There are people that when they get sick, they lay in bed and they do nothing. And then there are people who get sick right. and they get to the gym and they try and sweat it out. Like there are those right. types of different people who work in the world. And I think in right. why I wanted you on the episode so bad is that we as a people seem to be the people who go to the gym to try and sweat it out. <laughs> and it's like right. dude like your body needs to rest I get it you're trying to sweat it out but after you sweat it out you need to go home and sleep and take some right. medicine and actually go get some people to come around you and and show them that you're actually hurting for me I don't have right. a problem being vulnerable obviously I'm talking about all my business on a podcast but right. for whatever reason trying to express to people 
pain was that I was going through when my husband was in and out of the hospital and he, I don't know what's going on with him. And I lost my child and all of this right. stuff was going on. Like I couldn't express it to people. Like it's not, I'm not having a bad day. <laughs> it ain't like, just something it's, you just sleep off. Right. Like <laughs> I need some real serious, like rest. I need casseroles to come to the house. Like a good two weeks straight. I need somebody to come in here and clean this shit because I can't. And I need somebody to sit here and just lay right. here with me or be in the room with me. Don't talk. Talk when I want to. It's all about me for like two weeks. Yeah. I need that. And it's hard for me to express that or even want that because after a day, and, it, and let's say that happened. Let's say people showed up with casseroles, cleaned my house, took care of, you know, all the and stuff that I like, normally do. My bills. Out. I don't want to look at none of y'all faces. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> one day I'd be like, it's uncomfortable for people to be doing this. Like I can do this. I know that I can get out of bed and do this, but I just don't want to. And that lack of motivation is a symptom of depression. The underlying part of all of what we're talking about between you, between me, other people, a lot, a lot more people that are in the public eye are coming up out talking about mental yeah. health. Um, my mom comes Absolutely. down, so I'm still in the reserves until September, and my mom comes down once a month to keep my kids while I go to reserve duty. And um, nice. I put her on to the show Underground, because she doesn't have cable, and so we've been binge-watching okay. it on, on Hulu. Uh, highly recommended, mm-hmm. if nobody saw it. Uh, uh, they killed that show, and the fact that WGN took it off is just a travesty and a shame. Um, there's a whole bunch of tragedy that goes on on this show and one of the key characters really ends up going into depression during the next episode because her son gets killed her daughter ran away through the underground railroad her youngest son got taken in by the mistress to kind of use as a chip to kind of really stick it to her and she's depressed she's depressed and so um you know, they kind of deal with it in there, in, in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the slave master mentality, what's been bred, and I will use the term African Americans in this case, because it's part of the African experience uh-huh. and the American experience, is that there's no time uh-huh. for your feelings. There's no time for uh-huh. your emotions. Cotton still need uh-huh. picking. Baby still need tending to. Master still need his butt wipe or whatever you know requirements of him there's no time for your feelings so what your wife got sold and sold away so what your baby died so what you know uh you know any number of reasons so what your son got hanged so what your daughter ran away so what your sister got her foot cut off because she tried to run away too so what pick that cotton and if you don't, lashes. Right. Um, and so because we've had that kind of experience, because our people have had to endure that kind of collective experience, you know, they talk about the slave uh-huh. experience written in the DNA and they try to like downplay it that that yeah. is not a thing, but it really is a thing. That the fact that yeah. we cannot yeah. deal with our mental and emotional state is a residual of the slave experience. You understand Absolutely. what I'm saying? No, that's, I mean, scientifically, it's proven that tragedy gets right. passed through and the so DNA. The PTSD of, of being the, 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 the things that built this nation um, is that there's no time for your feelings. Fuck your feelings. 
And so it makes it difficult for us to even deal with it, even when we do have a space or a time or money to be able to deal with it because ingrained in our culture and our people is like, fuck your feelings. And that's not cool, man. Cause I, just as you were speaking about your husband, you know, going through his own depression and it being kind of, um, as he was doing as much as he could to repress it. And as more, the more he was repressing it, yeah. the more paralyzed it felt yeah. like he became. I feel that I see that. And it, I won't even put my, my uh, community out there, but within my little circle that I'm having right now, I've had two women within the last two and a half weeks hit me up about their husband saying mm-hmm. they want to commit suicide. And both of them mm. are black men. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, it is not something that is like, that is, I think that the political environment that we're in is bringing up a lot of yes. old stuff that's activating no, that yes. tragedy in yes, our DNA. No. And it's just like, we don't fucking know what to do. Like, if, even if we didn't have these major tragedies, right. you know what I mean? With you losing your husband and the love of your life, your grandmother, at the same time, within days of, like, that's crazy. And for me to have gone through all the things that I went through, which people know because they listen to the show, like, put all that aside. Sit that on, on the side. Let's talk about just the simple fact that this stuff is going on. Like, it seems to be activating a part of us that we just don't know what to right. do with it. Like, we're just like, fine, we'll just work. Right. We just work. And we it's just not okay. Like, I'm one or the other, but it's all a distraction. Right. Right. Yes. And I need, I need us to slow down and really get to some therapy. I know for me, like, I wasn't able to move through any type of healing until like you said, like you took those two days and you cried it out. Same. I had took a whole weekend, the, the, the anniversary of when my, my child, mm-hmm. I lost my child. I took that whole entire weekend and I cried. I watched <laughs> Grey's and this is us. Grey's I watched Coco, will make you I cry. lie to you That's not. I watched every, y'all, y'all, right. like all of them. Cause I had stayed away from for a while because I was starting to cry and yeah. I was like oh no like, I have things to do <laughs> look we are not right <laughs> but we got to do something like we really have to face this right. grief you know what I'm saying that this this horrible Cheeto in office is like bringing up for us to face and I understand that it's not easy and it's not cool but we can thank him at least for bringing up the stuff that we have buried so that we can what face I, it. What I realized, though, and, and like I said, it's been my faith that's brought me through this and not to turn this into a, a Bible-thumping moment. But um, what I realized is y'all took my um, my support system so that I would rely on him. You, you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I would revert back to my faith. Like in Christendom, you know, they say, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, the Jesus, Yeshua, it means Yah is my salvation god is my salvation it that that's literally what it means so mm-hmm. if you're following christ then you're looking to god yeah as your salvation um and i think when we when when you when you uh fill your lives with the distraction of work or the distraction of play you're never looking towards your salvation for salvation and I think this Job experience happened. To no me fun, man. So that, hello, can you hear me? 
okay i'm still here you, you know i feel like this job experience happened to me so that i would stop and look towards my salvation and and focus on that relationship because it's not about religion like that was the thing about christianity that lost me that it wasn't about relationship that it was about religion and religiosity um and as a Mm -hmm. people the the reason our people flock hello the reason our people yep, still here. flock towards the church, whether it be Islam, whether it be um, Christendom, is because the the spirit of us is ingrained to the spirit of Yah, and it's always calling us, and so we're always seeking it, but we're not finding fulfillment in those man-made religions because that was not our faith. I, that was not our faith initially and so that's that's the reason we still find ourselves wanting that's the reason we're still running to the church house every sunday and running to the club every friday is because we're not finding answers in either places i they're not and they really are and and i hesitate to say that because you know like our our um spiritual beliefs and our um our faith is, is vastly different, you and I. And I to ever be a situation where n- anybody feels like they're not comfortable, you know, practicing whatever their religion no, or absolutely. spiritual belief is. I accept them all. But at the same time, I, I agree. Like, there is another level of things that we need to be doing. We can't just sit here right. and wait right. and pray and right. party. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that cycle is not working for anybody. Like we have to be doing the actual work. We have to cry. We have to seek actual professional help. We need to talk to our sisters and we need to talk to our friends and we need to let them know, hey, listen, I have panic attacks. And when I just start crying and talking about gibberish stuff and my heart is beating out of my chest and my legs are going numb, this is what's happening. And this is what right. I need from you. If you can help me when I call you and say, Hey, I'm in the middle of a panic attack. This is what I need you to say. Like, this is the work that we need to be doing, but we're not processing right. it. And I think, I think we need to, I think that's what this whole thing is about. So, I mean, for you to have gone through all that you have gone through and for you to share that with everybody, I really do appreciate that. No, like, absolutely. It's a, that it's is an honor to be able to huge... share it, really. Because if my story can help oh somebody my God. else, I definitely, you know, wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so, what is the thing, and as we wrap up, like, what is the one thing, well, not one thing, what are the things that were happening to you, like, people were doing to you or saying to you while you were grieving and going through this that you just were like, please don't ever do that again? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, my circle far and wide, I mean, from people donating hundreds of dollars to help me, to people sending food for months, like the first three or four yeah. months, to people still calling, you know, it, a point came like around, around November, right, from May to November, uh-huh where I wasn't getting phone calls or cards or anything anymore. You know, people like you would reach out and just text me just to make sure that I'm all right. But it wasn't like the onslaught that was happening over the course of the summer. Right. Um, so I, I can't 
say that people did anything that they shouldn't do. Um, and then I also started having panic attacks over the holidays and wasn't really realizing, like, what is going on, you know? Um, right. My heart would just start beating out of my chest. It, like, I don't, it felt like, um, you know, when you know a scary part is coming in a scary movie and you get anxious and that anxious yeah. feeling would come because the 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 thing that I was responding to would never happen. And so it was just being held there and I couldn't figure yes. out like why what was this? <laughs> like right. before I it's like is this a heart attack? Right. Am I dying? Is it not dying? Oh. Why is it why do I feel like something horrible right. is about and to happen? So, and and nothing was happening. And so I would just take those times to pray. I would take those times to like text my network of prayer warriors like yo I need y'all to pray for me right now and um I really feel like you know I'm gonna take the time to read my word and I really feel like those were the things that you know helped me get through um but parting comments I will say you know thank you listeners for taking the time to, to listen to my story hopefully you know um some of the jewels that I drop or something you could stick in your basket you know to take with you if not for you personally then for another friend and um you know um the time for us being a cursed people is coming to the end those that follow and believe such things um 400 years of acknowledged slavery are are over as of august 19th 2019 that marks the 400 year anniversary when angolans were bought to the coast of hampton virginia and brought into mm. official slavery, you know, there was a whole big thing about uh, Virginia's governor saying that the first slaves were indentured slaves, and actually he was correct, right? Before 1692, I mean, before 1619, slaves had been bought as mm-hmm. early as the 1500s, and they were indentured servants, meaning they were held for a certain time, but they could work off their freedom, or um, after a certain time, mm-hmm. they'd be let go. So technically, he was right, even though it just sounded sensitive coming from his mouth. Um <laughs> And so I will say that the time of awakening is upon us. You have to, the, the, the thing that helped me get through where I am is the fact that I was already on a journey to find my most authentic self. And so nice. what did that mean? That meant um, figuring out who my people were, what, what kind of people I came from figuring out where I stood with my faith that it wasn't just enough to go to church on Sundays that I, I really believe the stories of Jesus. I believed in the stories of, of Yeshua. So what does that mean? That I needed to really figure out what did, what did Yeshua really do? And when I started to mm-hmm. look in the Bible for what Yeshua really did, it looked nothing like what I had been taught on Sundays. And um, once I, I that embraced that that truth and that knowledge. It it freed me in a way that I hadn't been freed before. And while you know we are the dream come to fruition of our ancestors, we are not defined by those past actions. All of us get the free will to choose how we're going to live this life for ourselves. And um, yes, choose life. That's all that I can say. Choose sure. life life i agree i agree well thank you so much this was a very black ass episode i think that's a very black ass episode of 17 you know what i'm saying and i it's it's timely and i appreciate it i appreciate her 
it is. That's why I'm saying, like, it's fine. It's fine with me. Black yes. is tough. Um, I, I appreciate your... You've always been genuine. And like I said, when I chose a different path that was outside of Christianity, you did not look down on me. You did not nope. judge me. You know what I mean? And that happened a lot I from a lot well, of people. I know people, our friends. I know people. it. from a lot of people a lot of people um thought there was something wrong with me they i mean people within my family were even saying things like it was bad and it wasn't it wasn't the i wasn't doing it for them i was doing it for the same reason you did and you followed your path um for freedom i needed a a lighter load i i didn't need I can't. I couldn't keep going to a, a place that was confusing and didn't make sense to me. I just couldn't do right. it anymore. And um, when I started researching on my own, I found some different sure. things. But still, at the same time, like it, it's the freedom aspect. It's the fact that I showed myself approved by doing my right. own study right. <laughs> and started to really live um, a better life. So I. I really want to thank you for your non-judgment. No, absolutely. And I also want to thank you for always being genuine and sincere, even on this episode, explaining what you went through and how hard it was and how you're still going through it and still fighting yes. to the end. And I really do appreciate, again, that you shared that with us. And I really I do. I love you, sis. Thank you, 17. I love you so much. <laughs> to my listeners, you guys know, y'all got to remember to sip slow, but sip loudly. Namaste, Namaste bitches. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>